Hello there, it's me, Richard K. Herring. That's right, I'm quoting the 1989 Oxford Review. I'm sure you got the reference. Uh, welcome to another... <laughs> I wasn't in that one, I was just mentioned. Um, hello, this is a lovely podcast with the wonderful Johnny Vegas. If you listened last week, you'll know there was some question about whether he was going to make it. He did make it a little late. Uh, but we uh, had a very, very good time. He's a lovely, lovely man. Um, and I know you're going to enjoy this. It was uh, a very, very good one and lovely to be back in front of a crowd. And look, we're doing more Rahulastapas in September and October at the Leicester Square Theatre. I will be announcing the first guests very soon, initially to the Monthly Badgers. You can become a monthly badger at gofasterstripe.com slash badges. I'll be sending out an email in advance. You'll also get a ticket link ahead of everyone else to buy your tickets before everyone else. And I think with the lineups we've got for certainly for the first three, there's a very good chance these will sell out before they get put on sale to the non-badge scum. Especially given that if you already have a ticket from <clears throat> excuse me, March and April 2020, that will roll over to the new season and we have done our best to recreate the um, lineups that were curtailed by the coronavirus. So hold on to your tickets. There's some very, very good lineups. Um, extremely good. I mean, A grade all the way, uh, especially in September. I haven't really got on to October yet, but... Uh, I've got some good irons and some good fires. So gofasterstrike.com slash badges. If you want to get that email ahead of everyone else, special ticket link, do it quick. You might be too late because they might be gone up already. I'm not sure when that's happening, but um, always worth becoming a badger to just for that. But you get loads of other stuff as well, of course, and help us make more podcasts. And talking of podcasts, uh, I'm a good friend with the Drunk Women Solving Crime. I'm an especially good friend... We're one of them. And I want to let you know that their hit podcast, Drunk Women Solving Crime, is doing a London residency at the Museum of Comedy uh, every single month, I think until December. The first one is on the 20th of July. Um, yeah, with dates once a month until the end of the year. Tickets and more info at drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Do support those wonderful drunk women. You know, alcohol doesn't come cheap. So, uh please do listen to that podcast. It's a really fantastic listen. I am a little bit partisan, but um, it's very good. And if it does very well, then I can retire and stop doing these. So, you know, think on. Anyway, let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with the magnificent glamping owner, glamping site owner. It's Jonathan Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man who's finally got a guest for this week's show. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Well, you're, not, you're actually not as good as last week's audience. It's a rare, that's, rare. that's a rare thing to have. Thank you for uh, hanging around for a week. For once, it actually was a week. Uh, welcome... Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Leveling Sovereign Sovereign Tallies podcast. I'm going to make the right 
It's about making the n numbers of the kings, kings and queens, right? How come Edward the Confessor doesn't count as Edward the First? That's what I want to know. That all needs bumping up a bit, doesn't it? I'm just interested in the ones that have got eight at the moment. Add an extra one. Uh, though I was talking to, I was at, I was at Hogwarts uh, school, and I was talking to all the kids from Hufflepuff, and uh, they call it Rahulastapa apparently. So let's see if that's going to catch on. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, my other news. Sorry, my only news this week because this is the first one I've done of these this week. Uh, is I'm trying to lose. I'm trying to get fit because uh, my my uh, oncologist. I've got an oncologist uh, told me that I should uh, uh, lose some weight. Um, you know, fuck off, mate. Wasn't he said? It's, he said it's nothing to do with the cancer. Just think you'll look better. Um, and um, so I bought a I bought a rowing machine uh, this week. But, um, do the old, I love rowing, rowing around, that's what I like to do. Um, and it came on uh, Tuesday, uh, uh, but they said they would deliver it to the room it went to go to, but the guy just left it at the door. So for the four days, it was just in the living room in the box. Uh, but on uh, Sunday morning, me and my wife carried it up to the room it's going to go in. So yeah, that was some good exercise. And uh, <laughs> haven't put it together yet, but you know still pretty good, isn't it? So I'm pretty pleased the way things are going. It's nice to have an audience back. We should talk to... Who's this fella here? What's your name, mate? Are we allowed to talk? Is this, is this safe to talk? Because, you know, you're... Am I spick? I mean, you're in more danger. I've got the high ground here, so you... <laughs> what, do, what do you do for a living, too? Have you been to Rahalastapa? The week before? <laughs> yes. What do you do for, have, I, have I ever talked to you before? No. Good. What do you do for a living? Procurement. What you've been, you've been procure, What have you been procuring? What have you been procuring this week? It's what? Postal services. What? So you've been buying stamps. I can do that. It's not a job, is it? It's not a job. Not a job. I can do that. Got a very lovely lady with you. What's your name? Joanne. Are you? Are you in a relationship? Married. Done well, mate. Nailed. Done well. What do you? What do you do? Same thing, you met in procurement and then, you know, you procured each other, didn't you? <laughs> did you say that while the first time you're having sex and then have a laugh, did you? I bet you did. I don't really know what procure means, I've realised, but seem to have got away with it. <laughs> right, look, we've been waiting, so let's crack on. Is he there, first of all, because he was having a cigarette outside <laughs> and calling his manager. I'm not sure he's even there. Maybe I should do some more. Is he there? He can't see. I'll, shall, I do, shall I do some more just in case? I'll talk to some more people just in case. There's a, I think there's a, a ginger man here. It's hard to see in this blue light. It's a good light for a ginger, isn't it? The blue light, because it makes, makes you look like a normal person, doesn't it? <laughs> you're allowed to say that? I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. Andy, I don't know. Is that, is that okay? The gin, ginger's still all right. It's still okay. <laughs> and uh, what, uh, What's your name? Chris, that's a nice name. I, like, I love red hair. Are you a, pa are you a passionate lover? That's what, I've, that's what I've found with redhead men with beards. Yep. What do you do, what do, you do for uh, a living? PhD student. What, what you start, I can help you. I'm good at history. You're doing history? Biology. Yeah, I can do a bit of biology. 
um, what's my favourite? Oh, when I used to be at, we used to do biology at school, and we had Miss Button was our teacher, and she wasn't, um, she wasn't very good at controlling the class. Uh, and every time uh, she said hormone, we'd say don't pay her, because that was the punchline to that joke. And everyone, every time she said mitosis, we'd say you're what? But we did it every time. So try that. Try, well, try that in your lectures, or your, see how it goes. Mitosis, you're what? It's a good joke. That's a biology joke. You can do it with meiosis as well. That's the beauty of. <laughs> Is he there? We're ready to go. <laughs> that was very close to doing some old material there, Andy McH, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. Have I done that? I don't know if that's cancers. Don't know if that counts as old material. Ah. My guest this week is probably best known for playing Milky Pims in Grimsby, <laughs> the least successful Sasha Baron Cohen film. <laughs> We please welcome the amazing Johnny Vegas. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Hello. It's Johnny Vegas. Hello. Hiya. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, still recovering from Grimsby. <laughs> How was what you little? You had a little trouble getting down. You were on your campsite this morning. This morning, first. I I was out there with uh, Jill bits yeah. and doing snag lists. Johnny wants it ready for our first like paying guests to mm -hmm. stay on the bus. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm It's a podcast, so yeah. we can be open and honest. Yeah. I'm knackered and wired, and I bought some vodka on the way because I was like, why the hell am I rushing to London to do it? And you go, oh, yeah, it's, it's Richard, okay. <laughs> it's not one of them that you can pull. <laughs> Tell them I'm busy. <laughs> so, yes, mate, I was up till 3 a.m. I had a couple of guests on site right. who wandered up, who was loveless. He's an ex-NHS, and he did medical supplies, so we had a proper good four-hour rant about... <laughs> Um, the lack of supplies, you know, during lockdown and just got on one reel. <laughs> I haven't even tested out the second bed and um, Jason Manford's staying on it tonight. Is he? So I just wish I'd set up a, a webcam <laughs> of him trying to get the other double bed sorted going, <laughs> Vegas, arsehole. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, very exciting. I've, I've, I've literally run out the car through the stage door. And, yeah. And we're here, mate. In well, thank you very much for making it. Oh, know, pleasure. On pleasure. On pleasure. You can see my eyes. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? I'm all right. Yeah, Taskmaster right. champion. Yes, you know, I, I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up. In a way, weren't we all champions, Johnny? No. In a way. <laughs> No, we weren't. In a way, we found the scoring totally miscalculated. No, I'll tell you what, I think that was the least, actually, genuinely, least competitive series. Yeah. You know, you're going, there wasn't anyone specifically that you didn't want to win. I think that's true. I think that, well, some people didn't want me to win, but apart from that, I think Day, like, there was a lot of, when Daisy was amazing, because like, she was also quite heavily pregnant, if you noticed. <laughs> We, we just sat there waiting for the waters to break, <laughs> didn't we? Every time she laughed, when she really laughed, you're just going... <laughs> we were just looking at her ankles. 
Because who wants to be you go, is this around? The first person who goes, medic! <laughs> Towels! But no, well, we, that was right at the end of the first lockdown, right? So it was the first time we'd all been out, basically, after. So we, yeah. we were gid. It was just such a giddy five days of recording those studios, wasn't it? It was, but it, I, I've, I've never had so much fun being verbally abused. <laughs> and I've got to guiltily admit, he went after you a lot, Greg, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. That bit about your ass looking like you were trying to nick a turkey. <laughs> Shoplifter turkey. <laughs> and we all got it. I, I think he's been quite light on them this series. We, yeah. We really, he, he went at us. Like, it was almost like he'd had nobody to abuse for six months. <laughs> I think we all enjoyed it so much that he thought he had to go, go further and really nothing he could do made yeah, any of us upset. And, uh, yeah, and without an audience, it was like, right, yeah. we've really got to ramp it up. Yeah. But it's, I don't know about you. You know that thing we got? We did two records and I thought I've got all my worst tasks out the way <laughs> and then it's amazing when you forget one where you go oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh no not that well it's when you think you've done well and then you find out you haven't done well those are it's worse when you come out going yeah I think I nailed that one There's yeah. the, the, you know there weren't yeah I, I was just surprised how many I was <laughs> did badly at and was still doing okay because it's hard Oh, no, it's that one. Oh, God, I was terrible. Yeah, but it's rubbish when you're 20 minutes in of an half-hour task and you go, why? <laughs> why did you take this approach? And then you've just got to brave it out. As if... I, 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 I catastrophize. Yeah. All the time. And my current, like, the, the zombie apocalypse and all of that, of, you know, I want to survive it. And then when I did Taskmaster, you go, I'm dead in a day. <laughs> <laughs> you just fall over, John. You just fell over for no oh, reason. No, falling over for no reason. Was <laughs> the zombies love that when people do that. That's the... <laughs> the You're moving slowly. I'll give you a chance. <laughs> just fall over. Well, they took... Last time I saw Alex, he said they were going to... Because we never got really to socialise, which I think most... No, most, it was all the there, there was like a little drink after the final one. But he said he might have us all round for like a barbecue in the Taskmaster house, but nothing's happened. No, I we'll, heard a we'll thing. have to build the barbecue from lolly sticks and <laughs> yeah. do shit like. <laughs> They're not just going to give us a barbecue, <laughs> are they? If we haven't learnt by now, we're going to have to come round and go, right, you've got 20 minutes to source bricks, you get the mortar, you get the charcoal, which is up on that dangerous ledge. A barbecue at Greg's house. You're seriously going to take him up on that invite? <laughs> he did say bring the family, but then I'm wondering if a family version no, of Taskmaster would be quite good when it was six-year-olds running around. I have a thousand-yard Vietnam vet stir now, <laughs> thanks to doing Taskmaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, can you give me a hand with that? <laughs> Will it hurt? <laughs> Will it? No, I'm, I'm, well, but I'm, I'm done with him. He's had his fun with me. Uh, the, the glamping show, Carry On Glamping, which I've just watched all of, is fantastic. And that's like a, but that's like an extended Taskmaster task that you've set yourself to... So I don't know if people have all seen this, but basically you made, came up with the idea to do a glamping site based on well, old buses. That's very kind of yeah. it. I got <laughs> drunk and bought a bus. <laughs> I didn't really come up with an idea, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's not the way I roll. Um, I got hammered and I was too lazy 
to flick through, you know, what might be available in the UK. <laughs> I bought one from Malta. <laughs> I even got confused when we were picking it up and thought we were in Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> Said to Bev, I've not seen any baboons. <laughs> and she's like, where do you think you are? <laughs> You're only going, well, we're there to pick up the bus, aren't we? And she's like, yeah, in Malta. <laughs> I've so many people in my life who talk to me like I've I've I've, I've got difficulties. <laughs> I know how the speech slows down and they try and make eye contact with me. And all the time I just want to go, 2022 toothpicks. <laughs> These things go down. <laughs> I don't have any medically recognized issues. <laughs> But something about me gives off that aura <laughs> of there's a man who needs help with his socks. <laughs> well, because they could end up on his ears. <laughs> what this show proves is there's a great load of people who will help you achieve anything you want to achieve, <laughs> however difficult you make it for them and however insane. Because I mean, really, the first bus is the massively problem from beginning to end. That the. The Malta bus is the, is the it, problem all the way. It was, it was, and Bev goes mad at me, but to, from picking it up, I fell in love with it. It was, you know, it was a project. It was going to happen because I had a camper van stolen years ago. Mm. And it broke my heart. I, I had this camper van and I went away to write my autobiography in it. Right. Because I procrastinate. So when you've got a camper van, your highlights of the day are chatting to someone at the communal washing up area. <laughs> And it's great. And there was, <laughs> there was a Geordie guy who turned up. I went to this quiet site, so there was no pub, you know, no distractions. Yeah. It was a good 15-minute walk to the pub. So I was like, if I get my word counting, I can go to the pub. But there's no nipping to the pub. Yeah. And you know there's no coming back <laughs> once you're there. It's not like at half seven you go, right, best get back to my word count. <laughs> And he knocked on, and the weird thing is, he had, he had, you know, the kind of perm I had as Johnny Vegas, yeah. early Johnny. And he went, somebody said you were staying here, and I was like, yeah, and he, he went, it was like a kid asking someone if they're playing out, he went, are you coming round mine? <laughs> and I thought, have I accidentally put up some kind of swingers flag or something? And I, I went, I, I, I can't, mate, I said, I'm, I, honestly, I was like, I, Without being, I said, I'm here working, I'm writing. And he looked crestfallen, he was like, oh, what are you doing? I went, well, I'm, I'm writing a book. And he went, well, what's it about? He got defensive, you know, like, what's it about? And I went, me? I said, it's, I'm, I'm writing my autobiography. And he went, oh, oh, all right then. And he left. And I said, God, half an hour later, boom, 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 on the door. And he opened it and he went, have you finished yet? <laughs> I know I'm a simple man with simple <laughs> needs, but you know where you go? <laughs> I was born, Edinburgh, 97. <laughs> you know the rest. That typewriter. So, um, yeah, I had a camp van, but I bought this and just had no idea, genuinely, what I was getting myself into. At what point did it become a TV show? It wasn't straight. So you'd done it this first, right? So it's... 
we advert like I did stupidly was like put a bid in, it was on Twitter. I took my mum away to Bo Maris and you know the gigs that you just push to the back of your mind. Mm. I'd done a gig there years earlier. And a last Georgie approached me um, in the pub and she was like, you won't remember me, but you had a coffee after your gig. You know the one? You know, they go, you had a coffee in here after you died at that <laughs> gig. And um, she worked for National Trust. Right. And it was suddenly like, we're looking to get into glamping. And I was sort of, and then Plum Productions got in touch going, you've announced on Twitter that you've bought this bus, what are your plans? And you're going, I haven't really got on there, but only that I'm in, in for the bidding. And me and Bev went to the pub and we, we, we purchased it and said, you know, there might be something in this. So it was sort of, I think throughout it, the producers said, it's almost like you'd make a great cult leader. Because... <laughs> You just draw people in yeah. to ill-considered ideas, <laughs> and they follow you. At one point, you went, and when did you give out the punch and tell them that the starship is arriving <laughs> soon? And yeah, suddenly we had a bus, and it was like we were on the search for land. I'm, I'm, I'm really. What I love is it's it's a genuine journey. Yep. It's not made for TV. I think the. Um, the, the scene when I was fishing, I was at, I, I was at a genuine all-time low, and I was really uncomfortable about putting that on camera. Sure. Because it was, I'd, I'd lost my mum, you know, we'd all been through COVID, it was... But now, I, I just, I look at it and go, it'll be good to look back at that later in life as... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it makes any sense that you're going, well, everybody has these moments, and you come through them, but it's just weird to have it documented. I, I like to work in a guerrilla style of turn up, ruin shows, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then just turn my phone off for two days. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, it was like, it, it was there, it was 24-7, yeah. big commitment. But, um, yeah, we, we bought the bus, and then it was, it, I, you know, I still to this day maintain it should have been called What Can Go Wrong Will Go Wrong. <laughs> but it, it's, I've never done anything that's been so positively received. Well, it's great, but also it is, it, you sort of, I mean, it, it goes along the Johnny Vegas story of things going wrong, but at the end, it's not the Johnny Vegas story, it's, you know, it's the, it's, it's, because you do, with spoiler alert, it all seems to be working out. You've done, you've got everything done, and uh, you know, and it's, and yeah. it's a massive success already. So, thank you. So I'm, I'm massively relieved that all the buses have rented. Yeah. So nobody's lost money as a result of being part of the Vegas cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I went online to look to just to see if you could rent the apps. You can't buy, you can't rent one this year, and I don't think they've they put them. I don't know if, they, if next year's gone as well. well not even. So there's a couple of dates in June right. that we're about to make available. Okay. Uh, now that we've got the carbon monoxide monitors <laughs> fitted. Which I wouldn't fork out for if I was lending her out to family and friends. But <laughs> when it's paying members of the public, yeah. you've got to parry there's guidelines. And it's beautiful though as well, and the, like, that lovely sort of statue in the middle of it. But you've also got plans for lots more art I and stuff. So that artistically, that. it's a beautiful. I love that yeah. statue. It's that, that's my favourite. You only actually see somebody go that does class as a public work of art. Mm -hmm. And I've got a thing. 
I've got a project in development for doing a piece of art, a big piece of public art in my hometown. Right. Because you know when you go, life is good, people seem to not hate you, how can we turn that on its head and you go, make some public art? <laughs> <laughs> and have everyone going, did you make that, you wanker? <laughs> What's it meant to be? <laughs> So is that going to go in St. Helens? What do you is call that? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they do love you there, so I'm sure that they will love whatever you've put. I'll, 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 look, I've never, I'll, I love my hometown because people were sort of saying, you'll have to leave. And I've spent a lot of time in London. I'm away with work a lot, but um, I've never had that sort of resentment. And I think they know that my pride in where I live, you know, it's not done for showbiz purposes. No. It's... It, it's um, I've always been treated right there and it does feel like my home and when you're younger you go can't wait to get out and explore and as you sure. get older you go when I'm not working I want to be where I you know yeah. I feel at rest and, and, and it's there but I am buying a boat <laughs> I'm buying a boat alright are you going to take someone go. with no you who now. knows about boats Johnny no, you going to take someone with you no but you know what coming out of lockdown you know that thing of it really was with, with, with losing my parents, you start going, if not now, when? Yep. And you start looking for these opportunities and you start going, what's the... And I've, I've, I've found, no offence to them, the cheapest boatyard in Britain. <laughs> in the northwest. <laughs> and it's only 160 quid a year for mooring and winter storage. And <laughs> I just... I want to do a Malcolm Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do the full Malcolm Hardy. Rowing out. I know. <laughs> no, but anyway, you've got to be careful of the tides rowing out to it. Yeah. I'm only going to moor it. I'm not going to sail it anywhere. Okay. I'm not going on a SIG run. <laughs> but um, I want to do some Hemingway-esque writing on it. Okay. <laughs> what could go wrong? You're still getting a little Geordie man knocking all again. Have you done no, it? No, because the guy who... Look, if you don't ask us about the tides, you will end up in the Isle of Man in a rowboat. <laughs> and you've caught the sun on your campsite, so <laughs> I could be mistaken for someone fleeing a different country. <laughs> I don't mean that in a way, I just mean it's like, <laughs> Johnny, you've changed as you've grown in confidence. <laughs> People aren't used to seeing me. I'm not used to things going right, the campsite. <laughs> And everything else is like, but I am, I've, I've, I don't know. It's, it's a weird sort of determination that I've never felt for a long time to go, well, do it. Because the worst thing that could happen is it fails. Of course. And I think, you know, but your enthusiasm, I mean, I love it because in the show, it just looks like everyone you meet and everything you see, you go, this is the most amazing thing. You know, you get, you, every, you're shown two or three locations in the end. And each one is, oh, this one's perfect, this is amazing, it's so beautiful. I mean, they all are beautiful, but that enthusiasm and that love for beauty and art and people just comes across. So it's, you know, people will want to make that come true for you. So it's... Well, that's why I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so... Uh, it's really weird talking in a positive tone. <laughs> I'm still recovering from your face you pulled when I said that thing about the Isle of Man where you're going, oh, shit. <laughs> It was not meant as a racist comment, it just meant it looked like I was escaping one country to go to another. I was leaving yeah. the UK for tax purposes and I end up at the Isle of Man in a rowboat. I don't think they're going to believe that I'm some kind of millionaire that wants to hide his money. I just want to clarify that. 
There was a lovely shifting gear <laughs> on your face in reverse. Oh, my God, I didn't think Johnny was the part of that club. And you go, I'm not. I'm anti-Brexit, I don't mind saying it. I've had some wonderful arguments in car parks. <laughs> I've told enough people the pricks. <laughs> you know, folk were suddenly going, oh, we can't get to Spain. And you go, what did you think was going to fucking happen? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I am now. I'm just, in a, I'm just in a tailspin of. I'm thinking about. I'm lost at sea in my head on a rowboat. Whatever, miss the Isle of Man. <laughs> well, the other thing I love. I'm not being lifted off a off a boat by a chopper, looking like a starfish. Still pissing in my own hand and trying to drink it. Screaming at a tennis ball, going Wilson. <laughs> But the where other, were we? The other thing I wanted. Well, the other thing I wanted to say about the show, and you did, you know, you did mention you lost your mum, but they, they, your mum's in the first episode, so it's a lovely testament to have her there. Although she's that was a tough watch. Yeah, I, I bet it lie. was. That that was kind of it brought it back. She'd, yeah. Um, she did Mrs Brown's boys, and that was a big sort of. She kind of you know yeah. went to that level of local celeb. Uh, she opened an M and S shop. Right. And she was, the, uh, that's all she ever wanted for presents was um, gift vouchers for m and <laughs> Seriously, she was the queen of Peruna or whatever it is. <laughs> and I used to take her shopping. And um, no, when she did sh the show, I love, because there, there is that real mix there of I've always been supported by my parents. You know, imagine yeah. coming on going, I'll go do pottery. From a very classic working class family. Mm -hmm. um, the grief my dad got, and you know, the people going, pay my fucking taxes so you can make ashtrays. <laughs> As if that's all that ceramicists do. <laughs> Father, I'm going away to make ashtrays, which will soon be outlawed in a few years, but don't worry. <laughs> I'll export them. And um, that thing of like, uh, 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 idea of me being a dirty, filthy comedian. I know. Well, that's a, it was so funny because she, she really says she doesn't like your comedy, but won't go and see your comedy. <laughs> so, so she's she just, never seen it. She's, she's seen. just decided and that you should be. I'm an a actor. dirty, filthy comedian. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it also reminds me of my granddad, who was again quite supportive of me. But they, they, he sat down with his friends to listen to my first radio show, which was Lionel Nimrod, which wasn't which was on Radio 4, but they all listened in silence to it. Um, and, then, and then one of his friends turned to him and said, oh, what a waste of a good education. <laughs> <laughs> then, I think, but I think, like, I think it sort of broke his heart, you know, because he was very, he really supported me and very, very, very proud of me. But we, then all his friends turned again. So it's the same thing. She fit, your mum felt like, oh, we, people we, are judging we were, it. We were driving down today and um, oh, Love on the Rocks came on. And you go, oh, I, I'm trying to... Uh, I was in the car with. So I sang this at our local Catholic Men's Society Club and I really went for it. You know, the first thing I felt like I sang it like I was battling against the elements. <laughs> See how they really need you. And at the end of it, just abject silence. And my mum went, Well, you've ruined that. <laughs> Sit down in front of the entire club. But this is a woman 
who came out with a bin bag on. You know, like when your parents thought, that's how punks dress. <laughs> you know, they go to a fancy dress and they go, I know what they do, they wear bin bags. And you go, they don't. <laughs> and she did her hair up with soap and she came on on a tricycle <laughs> to a Gaddy Glitter track. <laughs> now that's acceptable. But me giving an earnest rendition of Neil Diamond, Love on the Rocks was like, you've brought shame on family. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down and you're not staying for last orders. <laughs> but I, I sneaked off. I never really told the family when I started doing stand-up. Right. And it's a bit like... Uh, Les Dawson kept diaries, but he hid them under the bed because he was, he, he was mortified that the family would know that he had an ambition to write. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, and it was that same thing of going, I, think I announced it in the pub, but I didn't tell the family because I was like, I don't know where it's going. Sure. But I'm, I'm drawn to the, as we discussed before, the, the arena of the unwell. <laughs> You know, there's a place for us. <laughs> but the minute you show it to the family, we had, we had to do, and they went, I'd, I'd done about 10 gigs, and they went, why don't you get up? And I totally destroyed this engagement party <laughs> in a rugby club. Because I couldn't really, couldn't get into anyone. And it was the stories they already did. You know, you know, my dad had me pet rabbit, and they go, yeah, move on. <laughs> So it was, it was almost like a guilty secret yeah. when I started. And, and it was almost that thing of going, I, didn't, I never resented them not getting what I did. Because it's like, I was always grateful, and it really was that I could go back home. I was supported. Even when they didn't get what I was doing, yeah. it was still like, you can always come home. And it was a bit of a bless you. And I think it really caught them off guard when it became a viable <laughs> do you know what I mean I, do, so yeah, they, yeah. I think where they're going what you're earning money from that <laughs> you're doing well from that but um, bless them they always you know whatever stick my dad took in the pub and whatever grief or shame my mum had that was the whole thing about the acting it's like anything acceptable there was a day, you know that bit where you know with your manager that you, you're coming to a natural end? Yeah. I was, I was with Dylan Moran and he went, oh, you, I think it was Leicester Festival, and, and, he, and I went, I'm sponsored by Hobnobs. <laughs> and Dylan went, fuck off. And I went, no, no I, I, and I showed him my poster. <laughs> and he just, he just pulled his face like he didn't want to be anywhere near me. <laughs> And my manager went, I, honestly, I had some such ropey deals I was, like, dragged into. I, sponsored by a shampoo. <laughs> and the guy, no, because it was like, it can't replace lost follicles, but it can thicken and strengthen the ones you've <laughs> still got. And uh, you've seen us perform. Yeah. So you know that bit where you go, I don't quite know what's going to happen. And I've got this guy going, no, no. Draw attention to it, but don't make fun of the bald, because we're not looking to ostracise them. <laughs> so, gently blend the product in. You know, I don't know. I to, and you just sat there going, Johnny inside is going, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> kill him. <laughs> he must. 
And I ended up just washing a bloke's hair on stage, doing <laughs> the worst devil. But the day your manager comes in and goes, hey, hey, good news, play your cards right. You could be the next face of Hobnobs. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out and you just start crying. They wanted me to go out with a small tray like an usherette right. and give biscuits out before the stand -up. gig. <laughs> All this during your stand-up. Before you do the stand-up gig. <laughs> That's when it all went south with PG Tips. They went, oh, we've got this giant cardboard teapot. We want you to drive it around the country. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this straight. You want to give Johnny a driving license <laughs> and a giant cardboard teapot <laughs> to genteely hand out tea bags whilst driving <laughs> and convince people that the shape of the bag makes any fucking difference whatsoever. <laughs> I had to do an interview. Like, they wanted me to do an interview in character. <laughs> and you go, well, if you want me to do it in character, to me, it's a bit like the Butcher Boy. You know the book? His mum's died, he's had a breakdown, and he's created this puppet monkey that he lives with. Because <laughs> right. he can't deal with the grief. And they were like, oh no, I don't think that'll fly. And you go, I know, but... He's Al, he's a bloke who wants to put a digger in a cup of tea. And you want me to extend that as a character? I'll really have to work on this. Can I not just do it as Johnny? <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was. Um, it's a shame they're not here to see it because yeah. I don't think my mum grasped it. But that was a really earnest point in the show of going. We have, as a family, always worked for other people, and I know technically I'm self-employed. But you know when you go, it's 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 really hard. Like ten years down the line, we go. I had that idea. You're not being bitter, but you go. I just didn't act on it. Yeah. And when you come that other side of 50, you go, you, you haven't got the time to muck about with yep. that you had before. You're right. So you go, if it's going to happen, it has to happen now. Sure. Don't wait for 10 years and go, oh, I, I had that idea of putting helicopters in trees, <laughs> people falling out of them and getting sued. Well, it's great. It's a lovely, and I think. Well, it's also the. I mean, I know a bit about Bev, who's your assistant. Or, yeah, yeah. Everybody um, knows Bev. Yeah. Everybody loves Bev. You yeah. Know, you but it's great to see her in the show because, like, not everyone in the world knows about it. But it's. But you know, the relate the, the friendship and relationship between you two, in that she's, you know, she she works for you, and you know, and challenging behaviour. Yeah. That's the quote of it. Uh, does a lot for you. To, to keep the, you know, she understands you, and she understands what what you what where you need some assistance and where you need to be encouraged and where you need to be discouraged. But she, she lets you go fly with things, doesn't she? And that's, the, that's, that's what I think she, a lot she, of people wouldn't understand. They go, oh, no, you know, they, would, they would immediately shut this down and go, no, you're not going to do this because yeah, it's going to yeah, lose your money. But she's, she's going, yeah, go for it. And uh, um, it's great to see that. She doesn't absolutely go, yeah, go for it. She just goes into another room. I hear this <laughs> muted scream into her hand. <laughs> And then she comes back in and goes, well, if you think it's for the best. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thrilled for her because the, it's a big thing to put yourself on camera yeah. if it's not been part of your career plan. Sure. 
And I do think, like you say, everyone who knows her knows that it's that classic talk to the organ grinder, don't bother <laughs> ringing, you know, the monkey. It's, um, and it's just come across so well. It's that thing of I don't know why she puts up with me, but she does. I've always had that feeling of I, I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't function without her. Because she is that, the, I'm, I'm, we joke about me being the ideas man. And her being, you know, the one that goes, right, this is like assisted living, you know. <laughs> I come in, what's he gonna, what's he gonna have been up all night, you know, as an insomniac. <laughs> When she comes in and you go, Tim Foylats for UFOs. <laughs> do, 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 this, do, do. She, she gets a barrage of ideas. And then yep. she goes, do you actually, you've got to do that interview at two and you go, I don't want to. <laughs> and don't have to and you can't make me. And then she sits me down and makes me. <laughs> um, she's incredible. And she, she's the, honestly the most giving human being, be it her own family, be it my family. I, I could only, after I lost my dad, maintain my career because she's, she's like a, a sibling within yeah. the family. And the way she looked after my mum and took my mum, you know what I mean? There were yeah. things where you go, I can't be away from home. And she's, she's phenomenal, but anyone in the industry knows Bev. Yeah. And it's almost like they talk about Bev before they talk about me. <laughs> but I don't mind because she is... Fantastic like that. I don't. But it's just that symbiosis and the you know and the friendship of it is great throughout because you know you you get a, you've got a surprise for her that she doesn't know about. That's again quite out of character because you've got to do something quite organised and uh, you know and keep it from her, which is that was the biggest hardest nightmare. I would I would rather have an affair <laughs> than do that. But I'm not I'm not good I'm not a good liar. That's my, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't. And um, driving that back, to run out of petrol in a dogging <laughs> spot. <laughs> uh, genuinely. And I had to go in the woods for a wee, and this bloke came in with the camera phone. And I was like, what are you doing here? I just want a picture. <laughs> and I'm just giving it a shake. And you go, OK, can we do... I don't want to become synonymous with, <laughs> with this area. And then we brought down really close to home in Runcorn. And there was like this gaggle of gals over the road, about 15 of them going, I'm sure it's him. <laughs> I'm sure it's him. And I'm hiding behind the bus because the minute they take, it's, it's like um, buying a gift for your partner. You buy him something and somebody takes a picture without you knowing. They post it online and they know what they're getting for Christmas. Yeah. Keeping it a secret was the hardest. I was literally like doing a Benny Hill on my own, running around this bus, avoiding photos and everything to get it back. And she knows where I am absolutely. Every it's like she is like it's like having a you know ankle <laughs> bracelet on. Like I'm on you know community service, and but getting it back and seeing her, seeing the genuine. Seeing her lost for words, I could hear the wheels turning and yeah. she couldn't get the words out. It was lovely. And I had genuinely wanted to say, like, uh, and I know it's in the show, but look, I, I, I won't lie, the last five years have been, the, I think, the toughest of my life. Sure. And without her, I would have probably retired from 
public life, and I, I can't honestly say where I'd have ended up. Yeah. So it was nice. But I, I'm always wary of putting that on camera and it looking sycophantic. But it, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? It, no, it, it really wasn't. It was just uh, it was part of the journey and going... We were laughing the other day, we well, the show's gone out now, we're selling it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not keeping it. She actually thinks it's a gift. <laughs> I've had offers. The irony is what my bus cost, what Patricia cost me, compared to something that I bought in a car park that I could flip the next day yeah. without doing anything to it. <laughs> I think it's justice on Bev's behalf yeah. that hers is worth. And now she's going to drive it to motor, motor show home and conventions and find a husband. <laughs> well, then you'll be in trouble. She won't look after you if she's got a husband. I know, we've said it'd be like Partridge. <laughs> You know, when Lynn gets a boyfriend, I don't like the way you speak to her, and you go, I think you're, oh, all right. <laughs> her ex used to call me Partridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd love to have an assistant. I can't, I don't think I can afford to have an assistant, but it must be nice to have, a, to have someone doing everything for you. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I'm on, I can only afford one pair of trainers a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make sacrifices when you get an assistant. It's definitely... For you... You know, you know just, what I mean? You don't, you don't just rub a bottle and they pop out. <laughs> no, we, we were... And she did bully me as a child. Right. When I delivered Avon for my mum in one of them tartan bags on wheels. So emotionally, she does owe me something back. <laughs> <laughs> and when you pull her up on it, she goes... Yeah, but you were weird. <laughs> you were weird. She was the cock of a school. Was she? She broke a lad's arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't touch her up in the ice cream queue, I'm telling you. <laughs> She's got a vicious right hook. No, she does. She, no, she absolutely, I think, gets me like no other person, beyond yeah. my family, beyond anyone. And she knows when to sort of gently back off, and she knows, you know, when to go, get off your ass and come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it it's all so clear. I mean, that's what's great about That's why it works so well, that, that, that documentary, because it's, you know, it's, it's about the human relationships, and, it, and it, it's all really apparent. And it's, um, no, it's great. It's, like, it's really lovely to see it. And it's, you know, it's lovely to have. The, I'm sure something will go terribly wrong. You'll probably electrocute every single person on your campsite and well, kill them, and then we'll be uh, back to... No, no, because I'm not used to such genuinely overwhelming positivity yeah. towards somebody. But it's all right. To, it's all right for things to go okay. I, I, I know, but getting you... I mean, that point, when she arrives, and I'm going, oh, she'll probably fall off the side of the bus, and then, the, you know, <laughs> she hits the barn, and they go, oh, you can ask Bev actually going, stop catastrophizing. <laughs> And then it, the worst happens. I know. But it's a defence mechanism, isn't it? And I've always had it. Yeah. Fear for the worst, and then whatever happens can't hurt you. But then the but worst does seem to happen. So I know. Maybe. Then, <laughs> and you waste your life fearing for the worst. But you go, that postman's not going to get the envelope, you know, that package through the door. And then I'm going to, like, chase him for the package, and he'll not see me, and he'll reverse, and I'll get crushed under his back. <laughs> That's my daily thought routine. <laughs> I need a bigger envelope, I need a bigger letterbox. I don't want to get crushed by a post office van. 
And you go, how many people have died being crushed by a post office van? Well, then I'll be the first and they'll keep talking about it for all the wrong reasons. Johnny Vegas was killed chasing a duvet cover. I don't want to be that guy. But it's, it is also who you are. It's why, you know, the way your brain works and the reason, you know, you need Bev is because you're you, and if you weren't you, we wouldn't have what, you, we, what all the other stuff you give us. That's the way your brain works. So you kind of, you know, it's, it's, I've all, you know, but I've always thought of that about you because there's, there's, you know, there's sadness in your act, but, you know, you, and you're, I know that, like, no, that's not all you, but some of it's you, and, and there's, that, there's a feeling of, and I think that's, I think this, again, this show sort of has this feeling of growing up and, and thinking a bit about all the stuff you've been through. Um, so, you know, you, it's okay to be happy. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's I, the I, thing. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think it is embracing going, look, take this, put it in the bank. Yeah. Because you'll need it. Yeah. When, when something, you know, genuinely does come along and rock you. Yeah. It's but okay to, to have good good stuff to fall back on. Of course, but also as a comedian, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, my life needs to, you know, you're almost yeah. like it's almost pushing it that way because oh, I need this. It needs if I'm if it if things go yeah. wrong, then that fits into the character. And yeah, that fits then into I've the got act. material. Yeah, and it's material. Whereas things go right, people go, what you've just come <laughs> out here. To, it's not an AGM meeting for shareholders of Johnny Vegas. <laughs> Hi, hey, didn't we do great with the clamps? <laughs> But, you know, I think, uh, no, Johnny, enough will go wrong. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So it will definitely... I've just realised now, I found an old... I'm a bit of a magpie and I found this old pop bottle and I know that when I've left it, somebody's got a step on it. <laughs> <laughs> Broken glass, all of that. What was it doing there by the stairs? <laughs> I bought them really cheap, really cheap solar lights so you don't fall off the decking. Right. Only one of them lights up. <laughs> <laughs> but I've left them because I think they look good. <laughs> they don't serve a purpose. He's all for sure. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Well, there's something you said. I think I can't, I can't remember where I saw this, but you... Uh, maybe it was in the show, maybe it was in an article. But you, you said, like, it's, it's in, you're so famous now. And what's interesting about... You, you is I think you you're across the board, right? That you could you can do Mrs. Brown's Boys, you can do you know the, the, those sort of like um, uh, what the one I'm thinking about, the Avid Marion thing, the uh, you know the, that panel show, which is on mm. one side, but you also can do Grayson's Art Club, and you can do this, you can do these kind of more thoughtful shows, and yet you're sort of accepted everywhere. So you're like everybody knows you now. I mean, partly, and and the, there was a thing you said about how you miss being able to observe because you're all and this is the thing I've often thought as a writer when if you become too too famous then you then everyone's looking at you in the pub or everyone's looking at you in the cafe uh, yeah, and, and yeah. you can't you can no longer observe the world I'm, I miss that and I it's an odd thing of looking at it sounds incredibly selfish but part of COVID I've never you know everybody's got a COVID story but you're going there was, I was due to do a series of dates and they kept getting pushed back and you go, yeah, I can't. The, I, I think primarily a lot of my stand-up was based on observing. Yeah. Of just sitting and watching. And when you denied that, when people are watching you, yeah. you lose that 
ability to be lost in a crowd. And for me as Michael and not as Johnny, yeah. that's what I love. I love seeing people being at the best, at the worst. And it's odd now to go, what will I write about in this show? I'm nervous about saying something. I'll, do I let Johnny off the leash? You know, could I get him back in the bottle if I did? I don't want to be completely Johnny. I think I've moved on yeah. a little bit. But then are people coming expecting something outlandish? I've never... I used to write stand-up, but I used to write it and happily give it to Johnny and let Johnny just go, no, I'm doing this. Yeah. So I would work on what I thought were gags, but <laughs> Johnny would play the room however he saw, best yeah. and fit, and he might take one idea out of it, he might not. So I'm really nervous, and I'm really nervous about being taken out of context. What do you do? You know what I mean? I, yeah, if, I if do. If one phrase that you say is, is taken in the wrong way, mm. it, you know, is that a career ender? Is it this? When you're being ironic or you're being... So it's a massive... It's on the horizon and I've got to deal with it. But yeah. in a good way, it's going to make me sit down and think about stand-up and think about where Johnny is. Yeah. And where I am. And what I want to do with comedy. And I won't lie, acting is a real comfort zone because it's written. Yep. You can turn up and you can ad-lib with it depending on what production you're, you know, you can mess about on the day, but it's nothing like the pressure of no. of being Johnny again. Yeah. And for the first time, and I suppose with the glam sighting stuff, you go, he, he, he's always fought me battles for me. He has. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it sounds, so I don't think I'm brave enough to do it without him. But I know when I turn up at gigs and I try and do more written material, I've always kind of gone, oh, no, I'm going to fail. Right, go on, you do it. <laughs> and he goes out and he does something that I would never come up with. <laughs> I did. When I brought the book out, I honestly thought I was going to get a section because <laughs> it was trying to explain having a genuine alter ego. Yeah. But it's a comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I completely understand it. I mean, as a comedian, you understand it anyway because it's sort of... All comedians are, to some extent, not, not themselves on stage. I've been doing loads of ventriloquism and stuff in lockdown, which is, you know, and literally the, the no, puppet... No, that, that, that's a the, step towards madness. That, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Was, but the dummy has ideas that I haven't yeah, had, had I, I you know. know. But I've, I know puppeteers. Yeah. And it's that thing where <laughs> a lot of them wouldn't say boo to a goose. And the minute they stick the fist up something's <laughs> ass, they get really cocky. They get really sort of, they'll ask you, Podge and Rodge in Ireland. Right. They do that show. Yeah. It's vicious. <laughs> but I know the two lads are so shy away from me. And you're chatting to them. And then the minute you get on the show, you go, yeah. You want to <laughs> go, go under the desk and go, you wanker. <laughs> you said you wouldn't mention me failed marriage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think you can worry about, I don't think you can worry about, I know it is a worry about like, when you do a show like you do, and where it is like, not it's it's sort of out of your control that that someone might take something out of context, but I don't think you can because anyone no. going to the show knows what they're getting. And, no, you know. I I think it's that that it's a thing of going. I don't want to go unprepared, and what I either do is take a bold new step and go. It's going to be more Michael. Yeah. 
than Johnny. But that would be interesting. You can, you can do that. I know it'd be interesting, be but interesting. it's not interesting when there's a silent <laughs> room going, what the fuck was he thinking? Has he really <laughs> just told us about his trip to B&Q? <laughs> I remember years ago, and it's not, you know, I'm not into pulling up comics on, on what they're doing, why they choose to do it, but, um, what's his name? You know, no cure for cancer. God, what's the comment? You see, I'm getting Is to it, Because I'm thinking Bill Hicks, but him, it's the other guy. the one from The Thing. Just what I've started doing, I but used to go... Dennis Leary. Him from, him from Titanic. Now, I can't even remember the film title, so I go, him from The Thing. Is it Dennis With Leary? With the Oscar, or was it a BAFTA? They'll tell you someone. No, oh, right, it'll come to... The thing is, it'll come to... I've stopped using my phone. Okay. To Google. And uh, in what, a desperate attempt to hold on to... It is Dennis Leary, Dennis yeah, Leary. It is Dennis Leary as well. And then I watched him do a show, and it was so subtle. And actually, it was a lovely show. But I remember sitting there. You know that weird thing of like, oh, like audience ownership? Of I went expecting something, yeah. so I was determined not to like the Dennis Leary, you know, point this. Yeah. And years later, you go, he had some lovely material in it, but I was like, I wanted him to rant, and I wanted him for that. And I'm, I, I know that most people want Johnny to turn up and be pure chaos. <laughs> but I ain't pure chaos anymore, and, and Johnny is harder and harder. Yeah. You know, when you get a stern letter from Alton Towers, <laughs> you've, you've got to start rethinking how you approach things. Well, there's definitely a way to have both. There's definitely a way to have both. Nice, no, you know, tucking selfies on roller coasters. <laughs> dropping your phone. I'll have you know, my, my uncle went on a... Sorry, I'm not, it's, a, it's a story. It's not required for this. <laughs> he was assisted living, and he went on, you know, the one the Boy Scouts went on in Blackpool, the right. corkscrew. Not the corkscrew, though. No, no, I'm talking years earlier when all the Boy Scouts had the pat lunch. The revolution. Right, he was in assisted living and he went on that and he lost his teeth. Because he'd been in rougher cur homes, he didn't want to tell him he thought he'd get in trouble, so he nicked somebody else's false teeth. And they were massive and they didn't fit. And they came in the room and they went, Tommy, have you got Elsie's teeth? And he went, no. <laughs> Couldn't even say no. And they went, Tommy, we've got spurs. <laughs> Nobody will hurt you anymore. And, uh, yeah. So, I, it, it, you know what? I either see it as it's terrifying or it's a really good opportunity to come back to stand-up and see how I want to approach it as an adult. Yeah. My, my, my ex had this lovely idea of if you could go back and sit one exam, reset an exam. Right. Which one would you want to reset? I, you know, I dream all the time about reset, resetting exams. I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't want to do no, it. No, I'd, I'd probably. I don't know. I mean, I'd. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably like to. You know, I'd like to do my university exams and have done some work rather than. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that was me. That's, I scraped yeah. through, but you go. Yeah. I'd love doing English again. Right. Because I'd love to, I'd love to sort of honestly say what I think about the text yeah. and about the writing, and not learn enough quotes to just get through it, yeah. and see if I did worse. 
now that how we interpret it as an adult. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are your thoughts on Shakespeare? Not look like, pretend you've thought about Shakespeare. Because <laughs> it's not something you, you come out the corner of your mates having a fag going, what do you think about <laughs> the Capulets? I mean, are they, are they arseholes? <laughs> and your mate's going, well, fuck, I think they overreacted. <laughs> It's not something you really get to discuss outside of school, is no, it? No. But over time, you look at it and you go, right, it's this, you know, and I've made my opinion. And it's not like a working class thing of setting out to hate Shakespeare, because I don't. I actually love it, but you go, I have different thoughts and feelings on it. Would I be punished in an exam for really expressing what I feel about him? So I, to me, that was a fascinating idea yeah, as, yeah. A, as, a, as a show is. I've matured, and, and what I end up doing with the stand-up that I do is, do I write a pure crowd-pleaser, or do I try and move it on? And I always thought it was your job, even if you suffer for it, is to move comedy on a bit. I think so, but I honestly think whatever you do is going to be moving things. I don't, you know, I don't think, you're, you're never an act I've looked at and thought, oh yeah, he's coasting, you know, no, he's, he's doing the obvious stuff don't, there. Don't, don't put me in that safe place, because I'll just be sat on stage eating <laughs> my own faeces, going, well, Richard Herring said it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine, though. That's all right. All of me! <laughs> Why not take all of me? Whatever you do is going to be good. I can absolutely guarantee it because you, that, the way your brain works isn't like the way, you know, that's Yeah, it. but when you get a call at 3 a.m. going, tour's cancelled, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your unnecessary encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird one stand-up, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's very much... There's days I miss it like you won't believe. Oh, you know, you sit in a gig and then there's days where I'm back to, because I've been away from it so long, it's, it's like, I feel like an open spot again. Yeah, it's hard. if you're away, it's, I've, I've been away from it from like only three, three years, three or four years, and it's, you know, it's, yeah, too, it's a yeah. long time. And I find it really odd when folk talk to you going, they didn't even know I did stand up until my <laughs> mum announced that I was a filthy, dirty, <laughs> fucking end of the pier. <laughs> dirty? Filthy stand-up. I'm so tempted to call it that. I think you should. Yeah, because that'll attract the right crowd, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> Dirty, filthy, hurtful, misogynistic <laughs> stand-up. Oh, man. Uh, well, look, it's I good. always... Because when I did it... Oh, no, sorry. The, no, go last thing I did it. All I ever wanted was... The joy I got was... Messing with the crowd, and if there was somebody in the crowd that was an arsehole, it was great to deconstruct them. From working behind the bar, yep. Johnny'd have great fun in going, well, let's talk about you. But genuinely, the overwhelming thing I ever wanted from Johnny was people to go, I came here, and life isn't going to plan. <laughs> but I'm not him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> now, there's a man who's tortured. <laughs> I have two kids, one of them's a dick. <laughs> I have a favourite child. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I have a woman who puts up with me, or a, a man, a partner, and you just go, I'm not Johnny Vegas. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So, yeah, it's going to be a struggle, but I, I, what I really want to do with it is come out with confidence and go, well, if I do do it as Michael, I'd love to... Because when I've directed, I'm very, really confident as Michael. Mm -hmm. I'm very sort of sorted in what I want, but um, I want to be as confident, whether I hand it entirely over to Johnny, or I do it as Michael, or I try and mix it up, is to come out and go, well, this is me now, and I have changed, I have moved on a bit. Yeah. You know, I have not started demanding. I want a ladder! <laughs> <laughs> I want a ladder. <laughs> I mean, the problem is, you know, you, grow, you can grow up, but... You know, however old you are, Johnny's always going to be funny. Like it'll be. That's what I saw feel about comedy. Like it, on, in a way, you want guys to be in six, the sixty or seventy because then behaving still like still out playing by the rules. Yeah, yeah, because that's when it's really fun. That's why Morecambe and Wise is as funny as it is because they're old. You know, to us they were yeah, old. They were yeah, old. yeah. Uh, when we were kids, now they're, <laughs> they're about our age. I think I'm about as old as Eric Morecambe got now. But you know, it's that it's that old people behaving behaving. Wrongly. Yeah, misbehaving. Yeah. And doing that, then they're going. So it'll still. And I think comics, it's always. I, I, I think it's an absolute necessity to send up the things we think, but we don't say. Yeah. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. is. And without being too American, going, you know, is it just me? Or, you know <laughs> what I mean? I, the other, the other day. Although you've got to. I don't know if we talked about this last time, and we were in Kilkenny and the that American comedian who was trying out new material but hadn't written any punchlines. <laughs> and it was just 20 minutes of anger <laughs> but with no solutions. <laughs> and she kept going back to her notes and she was like, Bridges! What the fuck? What gives with Bridges? And I'm stood with Ross Noble and Ross Noble's going, it's an engineering feat that allows you to cross a body of water. <laughs> She just, her set list was just hating <laughs> random things and asking us to give her solutions for it. <laughs> and it wasn't like, oh, I drove across a bridge and it broke down and my, you know, my stepdad was a wanker and it was all, bridges! <laughs> Fucking bridges! And then silence. And <laughs> fucking bridges goes back to a list. <laughs> Fountains! <laughs> what gives? <laughs> and I don't want it to be like that. I, you know what I mean? If yeah. it's going to be more, more written, um, I want it to have a conclusion. Okay. Not just, I've come out here to argue about bridges. I quite like the bridges. I'd like you doing the bridges. And having no solutions. What gives me bridges? <laughs> yeah, and then and get a response like that, you know. It's an engineering feet across into body water. <laughs> you wanker! <laughs> How dare you? Oh, I bet you was in the army, wouldn't you? <laughs> and the worst thing is, it normally comes out that he's like, yeah, wasn't it? And you go, right, let's, let's discuss Iraq, and I'll talk myself into a dark hole. <laughs> well, it's going to be whatever happens. Johnny. It'll happen. It'll yes, happen. Well, but it's gonna, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to see you back doing it. I think you, your mum's wrong. God bless her. She was wrong about that. But it's also you've done lots of acting, which is what she wanted you to do. So she yeah. should be happy with that as well. Yeah. So that's yeah, she is. That's it, was all. it was stuff she could. Well, you know the hobnobs. 
Yeah. She got a massive box of free biscuits and she made a point of going round the bingo and in the mouth going, courtesy my son. <laughs> he got them for now. He could be the new face of Hobnobs. <laughs> and that was, that was actually the first time that she saw me as being a successful comedian. <laughs> well, she didn't read reviews, but when she got free shit, yeah. it was like... He's doing very well for himself. <laughs> Not bad for a failed potter. <laughs> and a bloke who denied his chance in the priesthood. <laughs> Enjoy a biscuit on the Pennington family. <laughs> oh and my not goodness. just one, like a full packet each table. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll ask you one more question. Let's we'll see where we go, and then we should let the, the good people of, no, of we this, this theatre... <laughs> Go I should fake a proper revelation. You know where you go? Well, I did lose a toe in lockdown. I'm glad you asked. It was my little toe. It's a circulatory thing. Um, I do walk a bit to the left now. I have to, you know, plan out how I'm going to go to the shops. Bouncing off walls. But it was my own fault. I think uh, something like 30 days of meals for one, it'll do it to you, without any fresh fruit <laughs> or veg. It started to blacken. I should have rang the helpline, but I... I just thought there's people worse off than me. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, it just fell off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the amazing oh, Johnny Vegas. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're back here next week with David Baddiel and Izzy Sooty. So come again. Thank you very much. Sorry, mate. Did I go on too much? You have been listening to Rahalastabar with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Johnny Vegas. Thank you to Scant Regard for providing us with music. I am also indebted to my producer, Ben Walker, and my indebted to my friend and director, and all-round good egg, Chris Evans, not that one. I'm also somewhat indebted to Kathleen McKeegan from Rahalastaba, rahalastaba.com, who uh, allows me to do my fantastic research about what I've asked the guests already. It's a very fascinating website. Do check it out, and thank you to Kathleen for her brilliant work on that. Thank you as well, of course, to everyone at the Clapham Grand, Ali Wolf and all of the gang for your fantastic hospitality over these last few weeks. Uh, hopefully we'll be back doing some more in the future and hopefully with a non-socially distanced audience. It would be lovely to fill that grand theatre with Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa fans. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Remember to become a monthly badger, GoFastTheStripe.com slash badges. Get that guest info ahead of the curve. Really good shows coming up in September and October. Hopefully all non-socially distance as well. And, um, yeah, you know, check us out. Keep listening. Thanks for all your kind words. And uh, we'll see you very soon. See you next week. Look out for Retro Rehearsal on Fridays. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>